Thank you for checking out Coffee Pods. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the big how, in particular, looking at how we pray for healing. So have a listen, let us know what you think, and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning and uh, welcome to uh, Coffee Pods. Uh, This week, Lisa is away, so it's just back uh, to me and uh, old school, just for 15 minutes of a coffee length break of uh, reflection about the healing ministry. One of the things that we've been talking about is why does God need us to be involved? Um, Why can't he just go ahead and do whatever he wants to do and just get on with it and we could just watch and marvel and wonder absolutely. But God seems to have this intent that we should be involved. And I was just reflecting on a story from Acts chapter 3. It's something that we've commented on before, but it came with a slightly different sort of feel to it this time. Um, It's the story of the healing of the lame beggar at the beautiful gate. And it just begins uh, like this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. I love the way that the Bible is very sort of specific about some things. And now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And so this is a fairly common occurrence. It's something that people are used to seeing. Uh, And we've talked about, you know, did Jesus ever pass this guy by? And you can go back and have a look at the coffee pod uh, about that. But there is something about this story that's really interesting, isn't it? Because There are certainly things that bring us to a sort of a state of paralysis. You know, not just the physical things, but things of heart and life. Um, Divorce or separation, uh, a loss, uh, a defeat, uh, something unexpected. And and so whatever it is, whether it's a a physical condition or whether it's something of uh, of the inner life, there are things that have this sort of impact on us. And so here is this guy, um, and, you know, in a sense, any healing team would look at this and say, this is quite a serious thing to be facing for prayer. Now, what really interested me about this story just in these moments was the next set of verses. Verse 3 says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Okay, not an unreasonable um, activity for somebody who's uh, begging. And, but it says, verse 4, it says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. And verse 5 records the fact that so the man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So there's a little bit of a play there in these uh, words. Um, he sees Peter and John entering. Peter looks straight at him, as does John. And then Peter says, look at us. And then the man gives them his full attention. So you can see the little bit of the theme that's going uh, through this. So here's the question. Um, What's taking place in these moments as Peter and John stand before this guy? You'll know that uh, from the rest of the story, uh, when this guy does uh, get healed, there's quite a commotion. And in the fact, uh, Peter has to say, guys, look, it's it's not us that have done this. This is 
this is the God and Father of Jesus. He's done this. And, and he has to clarify the nature of it. So clearly, this is not something in a sense that is just a little hidden thing. This is a very public thing. So what's the role of Peter and John in this? Well, just go back. OK, we've had Pentecost and uh, the Spirit has come down. The church has been outed. It's been birthed. It's been revealed. Um, let's face it, if you add 3,000 people to your church congregation in one go, it's likely to create some sort of uh, stir. But th this is not just, if you like, the anointing that's on Peter and John. This is now the characteristic of the church. So if I could put it this way, what Peter and John next do is just now normal reality for them. This is just the obvious thing that they would do, having been engaged with this guy. And very often, um, the way that some, you know, sometimes you can be aware that God is doing something, it can be that you see something and it catches your attention. Or you hear something and it catches your attention. You become aware of something and it catches your attention in a way that is not just general information. But there's a something going on here. And perhaps that's the key to being open to God, just being alert and open for moments that possibly arrive like that. But the thing that interested me in this, and it's in the flow of our coffee pods that we've been looking at, has been really this sort of theme, that the role of Peter and John in this. Because there's a great story, isn't there? Um, and uh, if I, it's an inverse story. There's a guy who's playing the organ at the end of a service. And um, one of the uh, congregation wants to encourage him. So he goes um, uh, and, and says to him, oh, look, thank you uh, for playing today. Um, you know, you really helped us in our worship. And I guess you could uh, apply the same thing to any genre of worship that takes place. At which the organ turned to the guy and said, oh, no, no, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. To which the person who'd gone up says, no, 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 it really wasn't that good. And, and you could get the, the theme of it because we get caught with this sort of idea of, of that, no, 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 it's nothing to do with me. It's just all God. And, and of course, that is true. But in a sense, if you could indulge me a moment, it's only part of the truth. Because if we carry our argument on a little bit further, um, God needed Peter and John at the temple gate at that moment for that moment, that they were instrumental in what was happening. And of course, the message of Christianity from Pentecost onwards is this is the normal reality for the church, because Philip will do it. And Stephen uh, is clearly involved in similar sorts of things. So this is sort of normal sort of Christianity, if you like. So God clearly wanted, required Peter and John to be there at that time to participate in that moment, which sort of begins to reflect back on us and, and our role too. I remember somebody saying to me uh, once uh, after I'd done something in the meeting, who on earth do you think you are? And you can get by my tone of uh, the interpretation of it that they weren't necessarily over impressed with me. But actually, it's a great question, isn't it? Who on earth do you think you are? And very clearly here, God, by the Spirit, has no problem with having a human agency 
involved in the work that he wants to do. You could have said, why didn't God just do it by himself? Well, for his own purposes. And actually, as we talked a little bit last week, that um, God, who is a spirit being, used to clothe himself in clouds to make himself visible. Now he clothes himself in the church, in us, so that he can be somewhere and tangible in front of people. So the role for Peter and John in this story, I think, is more significant rather than just, oh, it's nothing to do with us. In fact, if I could put it this way, you're probably more significant in the purposes of God than you would first think. So here is Peter and John, and this little bit of the story that I read to you, and you might want to go back and just take a look at it, but not if you're driving, of course. But you might just want to take a little look at it and reflect on this whole um, process of the looking thing. You know, he sees Peter and John about to enter. Peter and looks at him straight at him. And this is not a casual thing. This is an intent thing. This is a, a focus thing, as does John. And then Peter comes up with this word, look at us. And the impact of that is the man looks at him and it says expecting to receive something. Now, obviously, he's thinking about the money. So that's very understandable. But there's something very focused, very of the spirit taking place here, something of the Holy Spirit taking place here. I think the interesting thing is that very often in the purposes of God, how God is working through us and in us helps other people see and expect God to intervene in their own circumstances. Because by looking at Peter and John, the man's focus is now taken off his money bowl. It's taken off uh, the crowds that are around him. It's taken off his own situation. He's now looking at something else. And I think sometimes for us in the purposes of God, God wants to use us so that people look at something else. They look at Christ in us, if you like, other than just the reality that they're facing. It's actually quite a significant thing when praying for people in whatever situation of need, be it physical or emotional or spiritual or relational, whatever it is, that their eyes get off, the focus gets off the thing that is dominating their lives. And maybe that's one of the reasons why God needs us involved, because we help people to do that. But it says, look at us, and the man gives him his attention. It then comes out the very famous phrase, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And of course, what Peter prays and declares is not a sort of a prayer of suggestion. It's actually a command. And perhaps that's another reason why God needs to use us as his children in his purposes, because we make tangible the declarations of heaven on the earth. You know, Peter didn't just quietly pray this. He publicly declared this. And actually, sometimes, yes, we say God needs hands and feet. But actually, sometimes God needs your lips, your mouth. Sometimes he needs your voice. Sometimes he needs us to declare on earth his will that is being done in heaven. 
And so in this story, there's quite a little bit of, of involvement between heaven and earth taking place. The man is very clearly rooted by the gate, and uh, that's where he is. But Peter and John have another perspective. They have been the, focused on the reality of heaven, of the reality of the spirit, that God would now intervene in this man's life and circumstances. So as you just reflect back, a number of things. God using us, we help people focus on a different reality. That was we bring the presence of Jesus because above everything else, Peter and John right now are carriers of the presence of the spirit. They're carriers of the presence of God. And they are right before this man. And of course, that's the beauty of it. As we minister to people, you know, we we stand before them in Jesus name as carriers of the spirit of God in front of them. And so. God using Peter and John, using us, that we help people focus on a different reality. But also we come to declare and speak out on earth a heaven reality that needs to take place, which is what happens for this man. So in, in answer to the question, you know, why does God need to use us? Well, there's at least two reasons why in this story that there is a place for us being involved in the purposes of God let alone the fact that we are a tangible, physical um, representation of the love of God and his compassion for others. So I guess that's my point. Perhaps we're more significant in the purposes of God than we first thought. And perhaps in answer to the question, if you're ever asked it again, when somebody says to you, who on earth do you think you are? The answer to the question is, I am a carrier of the presence of Jesus. Well, I hope that's been a little helpful reflection. Lisa and I will be back uh, next week to do it. But let's just close with a prayer. Whatever situation you're in right now, whether there's something that's just got you immobile and paralysed, or whether you're just saying, God, I want to be a carrier of your presence, let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your blessing upon us today, right now. Lord, for whatever it is that has brought us to a place in heart or body or mind of, of immobility, of an inability to move on. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that we might walk in his name. And Lord, let us be carriers of your glorious presence today. These things we ask in the name of Jesus, in whose name we stand. Amen. Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about ACORN, our events, and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.